0: Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. Stand up for your country, and thank you for watching and listening this evening. I've got another really informative program um, that I think you'll enjoy, and if you don't enjoy it, you know, I don't get a lot of negative mail. I I don't know why. I got a lot more when I was doing a factor. Um, I think maybe I've gotten smarter or mellower. I don't know, but if I say something that, you know, you don't like, We want to hear from you, Bill at BillOReilly.com, name and town if you wish to opine. And some dark days for Donald Trump is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. Now, it looks like dark days for Trump, but as I told Sean Hannity on the radio today, and we posted that on BillOReilly.com, this whole January 6th thing, this could very well work in Donald Trump's favor. Okay, so let's run it down. Yesterday, a young woman, Cassidy Hutchinson, 26 years old, from Pennington, New Jersey. She worked for Mark Meadows, the chief of staff under Trump. Uh, She testified in front of the January 6th committee that uh, Donald Trump uh, assaulted a Secret Service agent driving his automobile and uh, threw ketchup and other condiments and uh, generally misbehaved on January 6th. Now, when I heard this, I didn't really react one way or the other because this is hearsay. So I'll explain again. We are a country that has due process. Hearsay is not evidence. Okay? Also, the January 6th committee is a lynch mob. It's not a committee. It's not looking for the truth. There's no cross-examination. There's no tough questioning. It's let's get Trump and put a noose around his neck. That's what it is. Everybody knows that. So I hear Cassidy Hutchinson say something. I go, okay, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not certainly not definitive. Um, And so this then gets into the media, and you know what's going to go on in the media. So the usual suspects, NBC News, CNN, and other networks, I mean, they immediately convict Trump. But the conservative commentators, some of them, convicted him too. Roll the tape. President of the United States, I assume he's sitting in the back seat, reaches forward, tries to grab the steering wheel. And when the when the Secret Service he had takes his hand away, he reaches with his other hand for the guy's throat. Listen, this testimony is, first of all, stunning because we haven't heard this Two, it's compelling because of her proximity to power. All of these people directly having conversations with her. Well, how do you know? And then Chris Wallace, the first soundbite, he just reiterates what she said. Like it's a fact. Now, I know both of those guys. I mean, I'm going, what, what are you doing? It's okay to report what the woman says. If you're a news person, you have to do that. But you don't buy it without corroborating evidence. Where's the corroboration? There isn't any. In fact, the Secret Service very quickly after those two gentlemen made their statements at 6:24 p.m. and Bear goes on the air at six, Secret Service says, No, didn't happen. And the two Secret Service agents in the car are willing to testify under oath that it didn't happen. This is reporting by NBC News Chief White House correspondent Peter Alexander. That's what he's reporting. It's interesting. So NBC News buys it and tries to convince their viewers that Trump did it without any due process. But then their own reporter goes, no, the problem with Alexander is that he's using anonymous sources, too. So I don't know what happened. And I'm very pleased to tell you I don't know. I don't know if Cassidy is telling the truth or not. All I know is it's hearsay, uncorroborated testimony. And uh, Chris Wallace and and Brett Baer said, it, oh, it's stunning. No, it wasn't stunning. I heard it. I wasn't stunned. Okay. Now, Vetter Grans- uh, Greta Van Susteren, who we had on tomorrow, put out a very clever, uh, who are we had on tomorrow, who we had on yesterday. Calm down, O'Reilly. All right, I'm, I'm here. Red of Ancestry, who we had on here yesterday, tweeted out, "Quote: If a questioner, Liz Cheney, wants to appear fair to a jury of the American people, it probably is not good to get caught on camera hugging the witness." And then she throws up. There's Cheney with Cassidy, a little kiss. What is that? What is that? Come on. Oh. Well, good for Greta. Now, here's look, I put a message of the day up every morning on BillOReilly.com. You don't have to be a premium or concierge member to read it. It's there for everybody to read. I'm going to quickly go through it because I think you'll enjoy it. So this is what I said. And I wrote this last night. It was posted early this morning. And this is in the wake of that. The latest in the long run series, uh, Get Trump, is a former White House aide, Cassidy Hutchinson, accusing the former president of assaulting a Secret Service agent, throwing ketchup at people— On January 6, 2021, Ms. Hutchinson was under oath when she said that in front of the January 6th House Committee in place to destroy Trump's chances of running again, which is what they are. Of course, Ms. Hutchinson was not challenged by any committee person, and the media immediately convicted Trump of seditious conspiracy or something. According to the press, Trump is absolutely guilty of everything, but I'm not sure throwing ketchup is a federal offense or mustard while we're on the subject of condiments. Just hours after Ms. Hutchinson testified, she was contradicted by the Secret Service. According to NBC News, this correspondent, me, has no idea what Trump did on January 6th other than what he said publicly. I will say the president did not handle the situation as well as he could have, but we all know that. The way it works in our rapidly deteriorating country is that all allegations immediately turn into convictions and even if Miss Hutchinson turns out to be a perjurer, even if she lied, nothing will happen to her, even though perjury is a crime. Nothing will happen. Did they get the Supreme Court leaker? I don't think so. Okay, so that's the message, and I hope you go to Bill O'Reilly.com each morning and read it. Now, there was a very serious thing that the media missed. Most of the media missed this. This is far more serious than Cassidy Hutchinson. So, a lawyer named John Eastman helped Donald Trump with his claims that the election of 2020 was a fraud. All right, Eastman was in uh, a developing strategy to get that word out, and he worked for the Trump campaign, paid by them. Well, this week, the FBI seized his iPhone and frisked him outside a restaurant. They had a search warrant. This is the FBI. Okay. So they got his phone. That's serious. If the FBI has got a search warrant for John Eastman, a lawyer to the Trump campaign, that's serious. Now, Eastman has filed a motion in New Mexico to get his phone back. And I don't know any more than that. But the January 6th thing, as I told Sean Hannity, it's a lynch mob. No American can take that seriously if you are fair. No one. But Eastman, with a search warrant for his iPhone, that's serious. So we're keeping an eye on that. Okay, finally, this all might work, as I said, to Donald Trump's advantage. Um, if it's another bogus thing like Russian collusion, like the two impeachments, Trump emerges stronger in the fall. It's got to take the heat now. Joe Biden Uh, in Madrid, coming back soon to the United States so he can have a a four or five day weekend in Rehoboth, Delaware. And, uh, you know, so there were just meetings today, a G7 meeting in Madrid. Nice town, by the way. You know, I wouldn't go there in the summer. It's pretty darn hot, but it's a nice town. Uh, But the only thing that happened this week in Europe was that Sweden and Finland are going to join NATO. And that's big. It's not big for most Americans because they don't even know what NATO is and Sweden and Finland, but it's big because that really sticks it to Putin. So Finland and Sweden, Finland bordering Russia, Sweden bordering Russia, few people know that. Look at the map, way up in the Arctic Circle, okay? You got NATO troops there, okay? um, mm, 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 Hunter Biden. So a lot of the coverage on uh, the conservative cable channels this week has been uh, this uh, recording that the Daily Mail, I have no respect for them, but uh, they got it, uh, that says Joe Biden on a phone call. Somebody taped Joe Biden's phone call while he was vice president. That could be a federal crime. Anyway, uh, Joe Biden told his son in a voicemail message that he was in the clear about some kind of China situation and okay now the reason i I hadn't covered it up until now is because i know without any doubt that joe biden knew that his son was getting money from china russia and ukraine joe biden knew that this is what daddy did so i want to see new stuff all right i've already come to the conclusion That Biden knew what Hunter was doing. And it looks like, circumstantial, but certainly looks like that Joe Biden used his position as vice president of this country to enrich his son and his brother. But we're never going to know until Republicans take control of the House. Then the Republicans can launch an investigation if they control the House committees. That is likely to happen in November then we might get someplace. All right. But that's why I'm not doing this every day because you can't advance the story. Hillary Clinton is back. Hillary Clinton knows Joe Biden's through. He's done. Not going to run again. I mean, he could not even, maybe he's not even going to make his first term. Health freezes. Remember I, my analysis on that. So Hillary is, is getting back in the game. So she picks a, uh, a friendly forum, CBS Morning News, Gail King, and uh, she talks about the Roe v. Wade decision. Go.
1: And what do you say to the supporters, though, who say, listen, we are protecting the rights of unborn children. They have rights, too. What do you say to that? You know, that seems to be the core argument. I, I say that, you know, that is predominantly a uh, belief rooted in religion, which I respect. But you and those who support your particular point of view cannot dictate that decision to every other woman. And, you know, for many years, the abortion rate was going down. Um, we were seeing, uh, I think, greater uh, responsibility, especially with the use of contraception. So what is it? their, what is their ultimate uh, goal here if they begin to chip away at all of these rights? It truly is to uh, erase the progress that women have made from the last 150 years.
0: All right, paging Helen Reddy, I am war woman, hear me roar. Hillary is back, and she's going to be the vanguard of the women, protecting their rights because they're getting erased. Now, Hillary and Kamala are going to be like this, because Kamala's already got that staked out. So, uh, ooh, I don't know. Okay, new Rasmussen poll fair poll, 1,000 U.S. likely voters. Likely voters means more than just adults. These are engaged people, all right? So 1,000 U.S. likely voters Rasmussen polled 35% Democrat, 33% Republican, 32% Independent. That is a fair sample uh, question. Generally speaking, on the issue of abortion, do you consider yourself pro-choice or pro-life? Pro-choice, 52. Pro-life, 41. Not sure, 7. Not sure. Okay. Second question. Do you approve or disapprove of the court overturning Roe v. Wade? Net approve, 50%. Net disapprove, 45%. Now, have you heard that anywhere? All right. I knew the country was equally divided on this issue, but you didn't hear that. But here in the Rasmussen poll, 50% say, yeah, they did the right thing. Okay. Uh, Another poll, Gallup. 1,015 adults breakdown down: 28 Democrat, 30, 28 Republican, 20, 42, 42 Independent. That's fair sample view of the economy. First question: How would you rate economic conditions in this country today? Excellent, good, fair, poor. Excellent, nobody, zero. Good, 11. Only fair, 34. Poor, 54. Eighty eight percent of Americans. Now, uh, my broker called me today. My portfolio is down four percent in the month of June. OK, now I can write it out, but a lot of people can't. Don't panic. I've said that before. You can't sell now. You got to wait. But it's brutal. And that is Joe Biden's demise. It's all on Second question in the Gallup poll right now, do you think that economic conditions in the country as a whole are getting better or worse? Getting better, 13. Getting worse, 85. And they are getting worse. All right, July 4th weekend coming up. Okay, you traveling? I hope you're not. But uh, 48 million Americans will travel 50 miles or more from home. Most by car. That's smart, even though the gas prices are high. You don't want to go to the airport. But 3.5 million Americans are going to the airport. Ooh, 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 ooh. Now, even the pilot I shouldn't say even. The pilots, American pilots, know that this is a catastrophe. And in Delta's situation, they are demonstrating against Delta. They want another contract. A new contract. They don't like Delta. They don't like what Delta's doing. So their Airline Pilots Association says Delta Pilots uh, are out on their off days picketing. Now, our go-to guy on U.S. Airlines is Paul Hudson. He has been on before, uh, most notably in April when I had to confront JetBlue on their dishonesty, and I thought it was fraud in the inducement um, by charging me money for a plane they knew were. Wasn't going to take off. Anyway, uh, Mr. Rester, it was nice enough to talk to then. He's back and he has just spoken to the Department of Transportation in Washington, D.C. from where he joins us. So what was that all about, Paul?
2: Well, we had a, a meeting regarding um, passenger information. But um, to bring this to your, your point, we are also asking the Secretary of Transportation to take some affirmative actions to Uh, ameliorate the delays. We proposed about 17 different policy moves he could make and we're hoping he takes action on at least some of them.
0: That's Pete Buttigieg, the affirmative action hire, right? So I got to be honest because I always am honest. I have no faith in Pete Buttigieg. I don't expect you to comment on it because you are trying to get something done um, and I respect that. You said you... um, submitted 17 recommendations that the transportation secretary could take to stop the airline chaos. Give me two of the biggest ones, please.
2: Well, the, the biggest problem seems to be lack of pilots. Um, he could temporarily raise the, rate, the age from 65 to 68, get more pilots. He could allow for uh, foreign pilots, uh, special visas to come in, to fill some of the gaps. It could cause uh, the pay to be raised for uh, the new pilots. They get vastly underpaid. And as a result, they're not going to the airlines, they're going to private jet fleets. Let me me stop you there. So
0: the Department of Transportation can mandate what private airlines pay their pilots?
2: They could. They could do it through the FAA as as a safety measure. Um, safety measure. Okay. Some of these pilots are are getting paid less than McDonald's when it comes down to it. It's crazy.
0: Uh, how People about don't realize
2: it. How
0: about fines? I my my and you're much more of an expert than I am. Um, and by the way, Paul's uh, website where you should go is flyersrights.org. Flyersrights.org. Uh, what about fines? So, Judge has the power to fine the airlines if as in my case, uh, they kept hundreds of people waiting for five hours. The plane was at the gate. They kept telling people it was weather, which was not true. Another flight going to the same place took off. Um, Buttigieg can find them. Did you recommend that he do that?
2: Well, we recommend for a long time that they enforce the existing regulations, which they rarely do. If an airline um, schedules a flight and takes your money, knowing that they're not going to be able to fly it that that's fraud they could be fined i think up to about fifty five thousand dollars per passenger wow but they don't do it why don't they do it uh they've never done it and um in general they take one to three years to do an investigation and the fines are always negotiated the bureaucracy
0: right so to friday January, uh July 1st uh, is the busiest uh, travel day of the summer. And what do you expect to happen?
2: Well, we really don't know. The airlines say that they've got it better under control. Um, the FAA says they have their air traffic controllers better under control. We'll have to see. But uh, the last few weekends, things have been getting steadily worse. And the pilots um, are seconding that.
0: All right. Paul, thanks very much. Again, flyersrights.org, and uh, we appreciate your good work on behalf of the American people. Paul is trying to help us all, and we should give him credit for that. Okay, this is a horrible story. Uh, I'm going to tell you this, and you're not going to believe it, but it's absolutely true. Tulare County, that is a county between Fresno and Bakersfield, California. All right. So police arrest Jose Zendejas and Benito Madrigal. All right. Both men are from the United States, but we believe work for the Mexican drug cartels. They find in the possession of Jose and Benito 150,000 fentanyl pills, enough to kill several million people. 150,000 fentanyl pills. They are arrested and booked into the Tulare County pretrial facility, on charges of possession, transportation, and selling of illegal drugs. Okay? They let them go with no bail. The woman who did it is named Mickey Versi, V-E-R-I-S-S-I-M-O, Tuareg County Court Commissioner. She ordered them released, no bail. Now, this is madness. This should be a crime, what this woman did not. Should be. These people are going to skip. You think those guys are going to show up for their hearing in Tulare County? They're not. They're cartel people. And then when they skip, what happens to Mickey? Put Mickey's picture up there again. I want everybody to see what she looks like. What happens to her? 150,000 fentanyl pills? And you let them out with no bail? And you know they're going to skip. This is madness. This is California. And Tulare County, that's not San Francisco or L.A. That's in the central part of the state. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home and they're fantastic have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries finding fast growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure believe me with fast growing trees it's different from fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep plus Nancy Pelosi goes to the Vatican. growing it on up. Sees the Pope. Uh, all friendly. Everybody's happy. Uh, pope Francis. Uh, Nancy. Nancy's husband. And then Nancy receives communion in at Mass that uh, the Pope is saying. Whew. All right. Now I gotta be careful here. So. As I've stated, I think Pope Francis is a good man. I am ashamed of him in this circumstance. And it pains me. My family has been Roman Catholic for centuries. Okay, Now, I am not making a judgment on Nancy Pelosi's private, religious behavior. I am not qualified to do that. I would never do it. But according to canon law of the Roman Catholic Church, abortion, procuring one, that's the canon law statute, procuring is evil. And if you do it, you are excommunicated from the church. You are no longer a member of the church if you have an abortion. Now, you can be forgiven in the confessional, Sacrament of Penance. But if you are assisting, like the doctor, or helping with abortions, you are also in grave sin, as the San Francisco Archbishop, Cordlione, said when banning Nancy Pelosi from receiving communion in her hometown. Pope Francis embarrasses the Archbishop of San Francisco by taking no action and actively knowing she's going to receive communion and allowing her in St. Peter's. Now, the message this sends to everyone, not just Catholics, is, all right, we we're saying abortion's evil and a mortal sin, and we're saying all that. It is the law of the church, but, yeah, you know, uh, we're, we're not really uh, serious about it. Are we? Very disappointing. Okay, the Pentagon's going to uh, continue to provide abortions to women who work for the Defense Department whose lives are at risk or have been raped or the victims of incest in pregnancies. So I don't think that's going to go up against the Supreme Court ruling, but the DOD pays for those abortions and will continue, they say. So here's some good news. We need some good news, right? I mean, we really do. So Killing the Killers, uh, the 11th book in the Killing series, is approaching 250,000 in sales, quarter of a million in sales, after less than two weeks, uh, two months, I should say, less than two months in the marketplace. So really on fire, Killing the Killers. And, And it's a good book. And I hope you read it. Now, the reason that this so, is resonating with so many Americans is that we get very personal in this book. We talk about Americans who were kidnapped and murdered by ISIS and Al-Qaeda and Boko Haram. But, and uh, one of the people we zero in on is a journalist named James Foley. So he worked um, for a operation, uh, Global Post, which is now... The Daily Chatter, that is our foreign policy partner, The Daily Chatter. And he was kidnapped in 2012 uh, in northwestern Syria by ISIS. Okay. Uh, He and a British journalist named John Cantley. Mr. Foley was beheaded on camera. You all remember that by ISIS. It was one of the most gruesome evil things that anybody's ever seen. And we take you through it in Killing the Killers, Uh, along with uh, Kate Muller from Phoenix, another American who was captured and murdered by al-Baghdadi. And and so we write about this in very vivid terms so you know the evil that America is fighting to this day. So I sent the book uh, to James Foley's mother, who lives in New Hampshire. And I did that to the Mullers, too. I mean, we did it out of respect, of course. Uh, and we wanted to give them a, a, a heads up on, on what we're doing. That's what I do. All right? I don't want to ambush anybody. Anybody get surprised. And then uh, I asked Ms. Foley if she wanted to come on. the then has been news. And she joins us now uh, from New Hampshire. Um, she has established JamesFoleyFoundation.org, And we'll talk about that in a moment. So eight years later, after the fact, it seems like just yesterday um, that your son was so brutally treated and executed. 8 years after how do you process this whole thing did you, is there another point of view that you have now that you didn't have back then
1: well i to be honest was quite naive and really unaware of how deep a hatred there is in many parts of the world for our country and jim and the other americans in the 20 20- 14 time frame were targeted, really, and held as political prisoners um, because of the hatred towards us as Americans. No doubt
0: about it. Most people don't know uh, that your son was a hero. He actually escaped ISIS captivity, but went back voluntarily because he knew that they might kill his fellow cellmates once they discovered that he had escaped. And we write about that, of course, in Killing the Killers. Um, So, you know, when a parent loses a child, that's the worst thing that can happen to a parent. Um, Do you have any thoughts about how this whole situation could have been handled differently by the American government?
1: I do. I do. I really feel, as American, that we can do much better that we should prioritize the return of any innocent American that is taken hostage or
0: wrongfully detained. But um, to, be that- fair, to be fair, I mean, I, I don't think President Obama was not prioritizing this. He just didn't know what to do. And because America has a law, we don't pay terrorists' ransom. Um, what specifically would you like to see that law changed? Or what would you like to see?
1: Well, I think as a nation, we need to negotiate with captors. We need to be willing to engage with bad guys, if you will, if we care about the lives of our citizens. I mean, we have to be willing to engage. Um, The Obama administration was not willing to engage. Um, So right there, our citizens and the British were... Um, abandoned, essentially.
0: Now, he didn't talk to the Mueller family until the very end. Did uh, Barack Obama ever talk to you? Not until after Jim was killed. So after uh, your son was executed by ISIS, what happened? Tell us that.
1: Well, a few days later, we heard from the president. And again, he reiterated that Jim was his highest priority. I argue with that. If it was a high priority, our nation could bring them home. And I know it's difficult. I'm not saying it isn't easy, but we have to be willing to have the courage to engage with our foes, if you will, and to be shrewd enough to find ways to protect our citizens.
0: Now, the theory goes, if you do pay ISIS or any other terror group, and they were demanding millions of dollars for Jim's release, as you know, and you could have raised the money, you certainly could have raised it. Um, that if they get the money, then they're going to kidnap more Americans. That's the theory.
1: Well, we were um, threatened by our government that if we dared to raise a ransom, we would be prosecuted. We are also threatened by the fact that we no rec, um, rescue mission will be done. No country would be asked to help bring them home. So in a sense, um, our um, son and the others were not at all prioritized.
0: Now, who um, told you that? Who who gave you that terrible news that you were not to engage in this kind of a negotiation? If you do, you'll get in trouble yourself. Who who exactly told you that?
1: Colonel Mark Mitchell from the National Security Council. Interesting. And he told that he told that to all the four families when right. we were together.
0: Now, I don't know whether you know, but because of your efforts and your family's efforts, the federal government has changed a little bit. So you now can go through a third country like Denmark, which has successfully uh, gotten hostages out of ISIS by paying money, but you can go through that government to do it. And the FBI will not bother you. That is a change that happened under the Trump administration. Were you aware of that?
1: You know, I was not. I'd like to hear more about that. Yep. No, I was not aware of that, sir. So but I I do credit um President Trump for continuing the hostage enterprise which was created in 2014.
0: Well, what so, he did is he he waxed Al- al-Baghdadi and that message got out fast and then the Trump administration basically broke the back of ISIS. Uh you read killing the killers? Uh, it must have been very difficult to read that. I, I'm you know difficult but it's an important book because people
1: need to realize that that hatred continues and that americans continue to be targeted when they travel internationally in the absolutely, world
0: absolutely i tell my believe me there are a lot of countries i won't let my urchins go and Mexico's one of them uh, miss foley thank you very much we wish you all the best Are we can ever be of service to you and your family uh, i just want to reiterate what a hero your son was uh, once he escaped isis he went back so his uh, the people who were captured with him would not be executed, which he thought might happen. And that, that was an extraordinary thing for a human being to do. Thank you for coming on today.
1: Uh, sir. Thank
0: you. Okay, one of my least favorite companies in the world, Disney, just uh, re up Bob Chapik, who's pretty much ruined uh, the entire company. He's got a four-year contract. Chapik is 40, 63 years old. Uh, Disney stock down 50% a year. I mean, I, I'm not doing business with them. You make the call. Um, but, you know, that's the view. That's really, you know, what they did in Florida. You know what they're doing with the abortion. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's woke, and that's who they are, and that's what they are. All right, Gallup uh, has a uh, annual global update uh, on an unhappy world, and we do indeed live in one. Last year, 42% of worldwide adults uh, experienced a lot of worry, uh, 31% are in a lot of physical pain, and uh, 28% experience sadness on a uh, routine level. You know, and it, this uh, survey, it was uh, most stressed out world ever. And now it's gonna be worse in 22 because the economy has collapsed. This day in history, uh, June 29, 2007, Apple iPhone goes on the marketplace. You have one, I have one. Here's mine. Okay, everybody has one. Under 40 in the USA, 97% have the iPhone. Apple's generated $365 billion last year alone. 52% came from iPhone sales. Uh, Steve Jobs, the late Steve Jobs, he was the force behind it, and uh, it's changed the world. You know, look, researched gold, all right? But my urchins are addicted to it. Yours are, too. And you got to go. I, put, I don't know how many times a day I say, put that down. Because this stuff we got to talk about. This. Okay. Uh, I got a mail sent me. You got a final thought on Holly the terror dog. Holly and I were attacked yesterday. True. I'll tell you all about it as we continue. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices to 65532 again that's 877 gold or text GOLD to 65532
2: i'm mike slater from the podcast politics by faith this is a crazy time in our country it's stressful a lot of anxiety and it's going to get worse and i realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun so on this podcast we take the news of the day And we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. All right, let's get to the mail. Uh, Judy says,
0: President Biden's example of bait and switch, people thought they knew him and what he believed. And now, everybody's surprised at how he's changed his mind on issues. Was he lying then or lying now? It's not lying in either place. He just doesn't have any principles at all. None. He did not believe in anything. A man of no seasons. Dave May, Florisville, Texas. Bill, after the shooting in Evalde, the Democrats immediately demanded new gun control laws, and that was predictable. Now we have another horrible situation where 51 illegal migrants died in a tractor trailer in San Antonio. So where are all the Democrats demanding the border be closed? That is a brilliant letter. That is a brilliant letter, Dave. Where are they? Where's the progressives on this? Open border, 51 migrants dead. Okay, good letter. Jay Golden, L-A-C-A. In my view, the far right opinion of Christy Nome who will not agree for an abortion or a woman who has been raped is too close-minded and gives ammunition to those who argue against pro-life. You know, look, that abortion situation and rape and incest, it's troubling. And I say to people, it's a conscience situation. I don't think the government should ban that. Okay? Conscience. Liz, great interview with Governor Nome. She's smart and appears to be a very good governor for South Dakota. I'd like to see her as VP and then president. Well, oh, she's got a shot. We got a shot. Anthony, concierge, remember Bill? Could you be? You could not be more spot on. I have so many progressive friends in New York that parrot left-wing talking points. They clearly do not understand the bigger issues of the law, nor do they want to. They don't want to. That's what it's all about. People believe what they want to believe. They don't, all day long, they don't want to believe it. Uh, Paul Granger, Levittown, New York, my hometown. Like you, O'Reilly, I'm a simple man. I would like to know, how does hearsay testimony used by Ms. Hutchinson during the January 6th congressional committees become front page news? Because the media hates Donald Trump. They don't care. Allegations are convictions. Uh, 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 one more. My son, this is from Buzz DeMarco. My son, and he lives in uh, West St. Paul, Minnesota. My son gave me Killing the Killers for Father's Day. I love the book. You and Mr. Dugard did one hell of a job. Thank you. And Marty thanks you as well. Okay, if you buy Killing the Killers at, from BillOReilly.com, you get Killing the Mob free. Only till Monday, July 4th. This is the summer read bargain of the century. So we hope you take advantage. Where did the day, do not be a visigod, V as in Victor, I-S-I-G-O-T-H. Right back with Holly and I in a little difficult situation last night.
2: Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay,
0: final thought of the day. One of the good things about living on Long Island is from Coney Island, Brooklyn, to Montauk, we have great beaches. Now, Brooklyn is on Long Island. A lot of people don't know that. But we have fabulous beaches. Some say the best in the country. North Carolina, very good beaches, too. All right, and Cape Cod. So Holly and I, we usually go out early evening, after 6 o'clock. She likes the ocean, doesn't want to go in, but likes it. So we're sitting there and all of a sudden out of nowhere, a dog goes flying at us. And there's Holly after the fact. And it was a little dog, and, and it wasn't turned out not a vicious dog, but dog knocks my sunglasses off my face, and Holly doesn't know what the deuce is going on. Now I don't want Holly biting another dog because as you dog owners know, once a dog draws blood, the dog changes. Now, this dog uh, was playful. I guess uh, what it was, was on a, not on a leash. And the guy who was a dog standing there. And I'm going, what are you doing? I got angry. And I had some words with this guy. But then I pulled it back. I didn't want to raise the confrontation. There aren't, we don't have leash laws where I am. That's insane. Insane. All right. But why I'm telling you all this is, number one, I know a lot of you care about Holly. She's okay, all right? And the dog just scurried away when I got out of my chair, all six foot four of me, and I didn't look happy. That dog took off. And the guy didn't say much back. But I pulled it back because getting angry never works out. I, initially, I'm a human being, but I didn't want to escalate it. We need leash laws in this town, and now I'm going to go try to get them. That is the final thought. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We will see you tomorrow.